my name is Jason Morgan, I already said that. I'll be faster here. Before I start, I, there's there's too much to, to squeeze into the service. Uh, my friend Holly, she gave our, her this this last year to the youth around here, and this is going to be the last time she's working here. And uh, I just, I, everybody, give her a round of applause. Like, yeah. world will give up time and energy and life uh, for complete strangers' kids, and she did that, and she did a really good job with it. I, mean, this, I love her, I pray. Um, if you got a Bible, and there's free Bibles in the back, there's going to be on the screen, it's in the piece of paper, I will warn you, if you don't open your Bible right now, there's like a 10% chance that you'll open a Bible during the week. If you want to be a Bible person, it starts to get in the habit on Sundays, bringing a Bible, opening it up, and then that'll spur you on towards opening your Bible up. It's like it bumps it up to like a 70% chance. So if you get up, get out of your seat, and go grab a Bible, open it up, and you're just like, okay, now I'm a Bible person. <laughs> Boom. I'm going to open my Bible later on in the week. That's called uh, manipulation. <laughs> Passive aggressive, my favorite kind of aggressive. Uh, but it's also, I really am concerned with us becoming people of the word. Uh, our forefathers were, and foremothers, I guess that's important. I'm going to beat somebody up with it. Okay, we're going to open our Bibles up, and if you have one of these Bibles, it's on page. What's it on? It's on page 104. Liam? I'm glad you're here. It's on Luke 15. Luke 15, because I gave you a Bible. It's a different different page number, your Bible. That's what I'm saying. Liam's a man of the word. Uh, We got Luke chapter 15. And just to give you just a a background, we started this new series called uh, Heart of God. And I could not be more excited about this series. It's awesome. It's just, that's what I want to know. I want to know what God's heart is like. And James kicked us off last week and he says, you know, God holds us if you hold God. And then this week, my friend Barry Martinez says, this is the greatest snapshot of the, the heart of God in all of the world. This text that we're studying. And I love it. Let's do it. It says Luke chapter 15. I'm going to start with verse 1, and then I'm going to end with verse 10. Okay, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. 
When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now in our tradition, I say, this is the word of the Lord, and you respond with, Thanks be to God. That's awesome. Um, also, I just I dig these stories. The first one, he, he, Jesus is talking, and he, he, he just had laid out the consequences. Lights up, lights down. Lights up, lights down. Okay. Somebody clapped somewhere. Do you remember the class? Okay. Uh, what was oh, I was going to say this. Jesus, he's just said, you got to count the cost. It's not going to be easy. You want to follow after me, you've got to actually put me above every single thing. He says, put me above heaven. Put me above... Uh, your family. Picture your most prized possession. Picture the best thing that you could possibly imagine. You need to put the above that. And then, what's who's who's attracted to that? People who need love. People who need God. So the sinners, the sinners and the tax collectors start coming, and they're like, they're coming in droves. And Jesus is, is speaking, and all these people are just showing up. Notice, I, I, this was a new, new discovery to me. It's not the poor that are showing up and the rich that are angry. It's the sinners who are showing up. That's rich included. That's you and I. And it's the people that, are, that have all the answers. <laughs> That's the people that are grumbling when Jesus starts telling stories. And so then Jesus says, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my dad, his heart. I'm going to tell you a little bit about God. So listen up. And he tells this story. He says there's this shepherd, and he's got 99 sheep, and he loses one. And he chases after the one. He chases after the one. I was just at uh, the nursery school open last Monday. And my, my daughter is, uh, she's a, uh, how do you describe Elsie? Uh, you, she, she's a, she's like a Rage Against the Machine band meeting, you know, Beethoven. Because she's beautiful, but she's got a bite. You know, she's, she will beat you up. Uh, but she, the door's open. She doesn't care that we're her parents. She bolts in. She's like, and she's gone. And I, I go in, and I'm being the pastor. Everybody's like, hey, Jason, what's up? What's your favorite taco? What's, uh, how's the ice cream going? Blah, blah, blah. You're just talking and stuff like that. And I'm, ta- and I'm talking with them for a little while. And then Malia gives me the scared mom look. She gets me across the courtyard. She goes, she could be in a pool. But, you know, she, could be in, she could be on Highway 51 right now. Like, we don't know where this lady is. Everything zones out. Everything, everything. People are talking to me. I know I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to think this, but I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't want you to talk to me right now. My girl's lost. My one is lost. So this first story, he's described, Jesus is describing the heart of God as kind of a crazy shepherd. A, a, a normal shepherd doesn't leave the 99 and go after the one. He's, he's, he's talking about a shepherd that really cares. And he's describing me on the church courtyard this last Monday. 
He's not going to be satisfied until he found you. He's looking for you. He's about to ditch everything. He ditches everything and he wants you. And then he, he, there's a little foreshadowing. There's a little of, oh, by the way, we don't really get it down here. Because in heaven, there's a big old party when they find the one. And then he tells the next story. And there's this, you know, there's this lady. And this one's outright crazy. <laughs> and I said, this is, this is like a parable. And it, it's more fiction. You know, like it's really fictional. And I tell you why. It's because women would, a girl would never lose a coin. <laughs> my, wife, my wife hasn't lost a coin since she was born. Uh, like, so, you, you're opening with this story. Like, let me explain. There's this, there's this girl, and she's, she has ten coins. They're all identical. And she's lost one. My wife, I, she, I, I can stare at the fridge and look for pickles. It'll be like 30 minutes. I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> I know they're in here. But where's pickles? My wife looks at me and says, seriously? And she grabs the pickles. You know, like they're right in front of me. But notice, this is yet, and it's interesting, he uses, he uses one shepherd, a guy, and he uses a, a woman. And he uses a woman, and she's lost one of ten. And they're all identical. What does she do when she lost that one? She flips the lights on. She breaks out the broom. She says, I'm not sleeping until I find this coin. She cleans the whole place. And when it happens, and it's totally crazy, she finds this lost coin, and it's one of ten. And... She goes out in the street. It spills out in the street. Party, party. It's time to party. I got a coin. Woo! You're like, what? Why is that? Why is that? That doesn't make any sense. You lost, you lost one out of ten. You found the one. You found this one. You bring it out in the street and you let your neighbors know, hey, wait, seriously, you need to wake up. This <laughs> <laughs> is describing the heart of God. And he says, you're like that. This is on the days when you feel like there's a million of you. This is on the days when you feel like you have nothing to offer the world. That guy's funnier. That guy's way better looking. That guy doesn't eat a hundred donuts. That guy doesn't. That guy doesn't think about himself so much. That girl, she's got it more together. Her kids don't yell back. Her kids don't throw a tantrum in Ralphs. You know. This is for those days. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. God thinks about you. He's madly in love with you. You're not just one in a million. You're not just one in ten. You're one of a kind. And when you are lost, he will break out the broom. He will flip the lights on and he will find you. It says in other parts of scriptures, there's nowhere you can run that God can't come get you. God's forgiveness is bigger. God's feet are faster. God is always earlier than you. There's a famous theologian named A.W. Tozer. He said, I tried to do the experiment of waking up before God and telling him I love him first. I woke up at 6, he was already there saying I love you. I woke up at 5, he was already there saying I love you. 
I ended up getting up at 3 in the morning and God was already there telling me he loves me. The good news of this passage is Jesus describes the heart of his Father, the heart of God. And the heart of God is he will go anywhere to find you and he will leave anything he's doing to go and make sure you're okay. And if you get lost, he will drop all things. He will flip the lights on. He will look under the couch. He will look in the cushions. He will look everywhere and he won't stop until he finds you. And then it says, when he finds you, and at the end of both stories, he says, it's going to be a big old party. It's going to be crazy. Because my lost one is found. Application. The challenge that's kind of hidden within that little, that little text. is, And it's in both of them. And it's the heaven part. Notice. We read this, and we hear everyone. Everyone. God's heart is for everyone. But Jesus' point is, God's, God's heart is for every one. Every one. Every one. A guy named Dan Kimball, he's a pastor up north. He says, if we were put American church in this parable right now, we would be the sheep. We would be the sheep. And we would be saying, hey, the party's awesome over here. We're sheep. Come on back. Come on back. It's a big old party. We get to baha all day long. It's awesome. We have fun and we're smiling. And it's us. It's awesome. Come on back. We come on, seriously, what are you doing on Sundays? Why are you sleeping? Come on back, this is awesome. But notice, God's heart isn't like that. God's heart doesn't care about the crowds. God's heart cares about the individual. I want to read your story. There's a, there's a show on, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called uh, Duck Dynasty. I discovered it over the summer. My son is camoed out and got duck called and he's going crazy. <laughs> I'm going to throw that thing. Whoops, I do. Uh, so there's this duck commit. And if you've ever seen it, it's on A&E. It's this family. They live in Alabama. And the guy invented this, this certain kind of duck call. And he's made millions off of it. And uh, they made a show about him. And the, the crazy part of the show is that they look crazy. They all look like ZZ Top. They all look like crazy beers. But they're all in love with Jesus Christ. And it's crazy that it's on television. But I think the beards get them on television. But there's the gospel almost in every show. And this guy, this, this is the guy that invented this thing. He's, his name's Phil. And he wrote this book. And he, he this book is about how he discovered that God loved him. And it's pretty much his testimony about how Jesus come after Jesus came after. And then um, I want to tell you this part. Jet, he's one of the sons is named Jet, and they all have crazy beards and they're all cool. They're all cool. Jet went all the way through middle school without having any problems. And then we sent him to Ochita Christian School, which was pretty expensive. We figured if he went to high school there, he wouldn't get any any wild stuff. But with only four or five months of high school left, Jeff broke up with his girlfriend. 
And then he started sailing backward. I couldn't believe it and didn't want to believe it, to be honest. Jeff started drinking, cutting up, and using drugs. We knew Jeff was drinking because he, he could, we could smell the alcohol on his breath church, on church on Sunday if he'd been down drinking the night before. Willie, one of his other sons, was actually the one who brought the seriousness of Jeff's problem to our attention. Willie was working with the high school youth group at White Ferry's Road Church, and he found out Jeff had asked one of the kids to go to a bar with him. Willie came to our house and said, I'm done. We've got to do something right now. I'm just tired of it. We decided to have a family intervention. I told Jeff, give me the keys to your truck. The one I'm paying for. And I told him, son, you know what we stand for. We're all trying to live for God. We're not going to let you visit our home while you're carrying on like this. We're paying for your apartment. We're paying for your truck. You've got a decision to make. Either you're going to come home and basically live under our roof or you can hit the road. Jeff looked at me. He lowered his head and started pouring out his sins to me. He said he'd been taking pills, smoking marijuana, getting drunk, and on and on. He was crying the whole time as he confessed his sins to us and to God. But I'll never forget what Jeff said next. He looked up to me and he asked, Dad, all I want to ask you is what took you so long to rescue me. What took you so long to rescue me? Our eyes are down on ourselves as a church. And I'm guilty of it too. There are people in our lives right now that are waiting to be rescued. Go to the ones. Go on to their turn. Go into their worlds. There's someone in your life right now that's been misplaced. Pushed aside. Thrown out. Turn on the lights. Get the broom out. Introduce them to the God who cares about every one. And let the party spill out under the street. Be madly in love with someone as God has been madly in love with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we've heard that you have a heart for us. We've heard in this text that there's nowhere you wouldn't go to bring us back to you. We've heard that when we've been misplaced, you will overturn every piece of furniture, you'll turn on every light, and you will not stop searching until you find it. Let us soak in that truth. Let us stand and feel our worth. And then from there, go chase after the ones that you've put in our lives that need to know you. That need to know your size love. I'm going to give us each just a moment of silence. Just silence and stillness.
pray that God would bring the names of the people that need to know the love of God 